Um, so how are you doing today, Eileen? Um, well, I love the clouds for the first day of spring. I know. It's such a beautiful first day of spring. Um, I know. I'm, I like it when, it when it's cloudy, and I guess it's going to rain. If I didn't have to go out. I would just light up my fireplace because a fire uh, a fireplace is great on cloudy, rainy days, don't you think? Oh, my God. I Yeah. I would buy a I'm house so just glad. to have a fireplace. Well, we the other thing that we don't have, you know, I live in an old monastery, right? I feel like I do remember that, yes. Yeah. Because I've been to your house once. Pardon? I said, yeah, because I've been to your house once, so I do know that you live in an old monastery. Yeah. So, and we don't have central heating because the place is so old. So we only have a heater in Man, the bedroom. Man, that made those nuns suffer. No, we just like the fireplace. Well, I like having a fireplace. It's And, and it's so cozy and romantic. Thing. I know. Well, we're past that. I just want to introduce this is Eileen Dietz. You know her best as Pazazu from The Exorcist. But she's done so many other wonderful things as well. Was that Thank you. was that your first movie? Oh god, no. No. Oh, okay. I did a, a they didn't call them indies back then. They they I guess they did sort of kind of grade B and you, you made my my first movie I ever made. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Lay it on me. It's teenage gang devs. Teenage gang deaths. Devs, D E P S, like debutantes. Oh God, that really. Yeah, and the the poster teaser says something like they fight, they love, they kill, or whatever. But we all have knives. Oh my God, we have to remake this one. This would be awesome. Oh, you should. I, I don't know if I have it here or not. I should look. I'm gonna look. It I up. have the poster and stuff like that. It's 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 hysterical. I mean, and I have a crying scene that's like, <laughs> to me, it's the fakest thing you've ever seen. But they killed my my boyfriend Piggy. <laughs> Your boyfriend's name was Piggy. Yeah. Oh my god, we got to remake this movie so bad. Um, it was so funny. But then you know, I did um. I did a great PBS special with Sam Waterston and and uh, Charlotte Ray, who just passed. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, she uh, passed last year, I think, right? Offers. Pardon? She passed last year, right? Yeah. Oh. So I mean, I was in New York. That's where we shot The Exorcist. So um, yeah, I was doing a lot of work in New York. I did a play called Ontological Proof of My Existence, which directly led to The Exorcist oh, by wow. an agent that came to see the show. Um, what one memory do you have from the exorcist that you like to talk about? Cause I feel like you, I'm sure over the, the last so many years you've talked about exorcist, but, and I know that you've had a great experience cause you've told me, but like, what, what one memory do you have that you think about often? I think the best was, um, yeah, you mentioned Pazuzu. Um, oh, Pazuzu. that I... scene was actually the very last scene that was shot in the movie. And the interesting thing about it was besides it came from a makeup test was um, that 
short story. I, I was. They kept saying The Exorcist was going to wrap. It was done. It was going to wrap, and I accepted the commercial. And when it came down to it, the exorcist people said, no, you have to show up tomorrow. And I said, I can't. I'm doing a commercial. And they said, this is the exorcist. <laughs> so I called the commercial people. I have no idea where my agent was at the time. And they said, oh, no, no, no. You committed to the commercial. You have to show up or we're going to report you to SAG. So I let everybody know all the crew know what was going on i said if i can get there in the afternoon to new jersey will that be okay and they said yes we're shooting two spots so i told the whole crew and everybody what was going on now this was a crew who hated billy freakin so they took as much time as they could to set up every shot oh right? wow but they liked me so we did six shots in the morning just bang 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 um for who became Captain Howdy or Pazuzu. Yeah. And they threw me in the makeup chair. They washed my face. They washed my hair, threw me in a limo, and I was able to shoot both um, uh, things, both projects. And the commercial actually ran for like two or three years. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It was a small one. <laughs> yeah, clear, well, three years. So that's one of my best memories. Also, of course, the, um, the vomiting scene. Yeah, what was, was that difficult. like? It was hard. They, you know, they they had an appliance in my mouth that was like a horse's bit. And oh wow! You couldn't talk. Um, the worst thing was I couldn't smoke because I actually used to smoke cigarettes there. God forbid. Then, um, and you obviously couldn't eat. But you know, hey, you know, I was on a major motion picture. I had no problems. I never complained about anything. That's awesome. The masturbation scene is hysterically funny. But you kind of have to buy my book in order to hear about that one. Oh, we have to buy her book, you guys. What do you say? I said it was just Billy freaking and me because the whole crew was there. And well, now I'm telling the story. <laughs> it's okay. I, I mean, we can buy the book, but that's a nice little segue into that. I like yeah. that. Well, he was kind of, it was just the two of us. And uh, the cameraman was taking all these pictures, which Billy hated. So he grabbed the camera, took the film, and it was, we shot that scene just with him and me. Oh, interesting. So was he was he difficult to work with, or? Yeah, um, oh, nobody liked him then. Nobody likes him now. Shame on you, Mister Freakin. But we love the movie, and we loved you in the movie, and we love Thank you. you. Thank you. Just so my audience knows, um, I, I mean, it's created a whole life for me now. Even like forty years later, forty forty five years later, it's getting to be. Um, it's just. Um, you know, it, uh, as you know, Michael, I've done conventions all over the United States. I've been to Europe like six times. That's I true because I see you at conventions all the time. Yeah, it's a little slow right now. Hey, guys out there want me to show up in your town, write your promoter. <laughs> it's going to happen, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm it's, doing a panel it's, at, at Monster Palooza on April 13th. Oh, you're doing a panel? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be there. So. Called the Ascent. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, um, Miss um, Linda Blair, who has a problem with me. I don't uh, know why anybody would have a problem with you. Well, she thinks uh, it's my fault she didn't win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, you told me that. That's such an interesting thing because... It gives me a lot of power, doesn't it? I can control the whole Oscar voting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, she's if... going to be at, at Monster Palooza, so we don't do the same show. But we are doing a panel. Um, on the 13th, I don't know what time, but 
anybody in the LA area that wants to come down, come see it. It's a film. Of, the Ascent is about exorcism, but I'm not involved in the exorcism. The exorcism. Oh, okay. Well, I still want to see you. I play a garage, um, uh, a big garage uh, owner that you know fixes cars and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. She's a great character, though. Smokes a cigarette the whole time. That makes up for you not being able to smoke in The Exorcist. Absolutely right. <laughs> oh, no. oh my God, it's so good to talk to you. We haven't caught up in a while because I've, I've been busy and you've been traveling. and, and Yeah, taking... I've been looking for one of your little horror films to be in. Uh, I know. Hey, audience out there, he asked me to do one of his small horror films. And it didn't... Small well, only length, not in quality. Uh, it was called Grandma's Cookies. Well, we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. Wait a minute, but it wasn't enough time to shoot it before Christmas Correct. and get everything together. So now they're shooting all these other films, but I'm supposed to wait till next November for Grandma's Cookies? <laughs> Come on, Michael. I want you to know, in my defense, uh, I have talked to Brantley because Brantley writes all the shorts for um, Horror House. And he's like, I know I got to put, I, we got to find something for Eileen. So we're always like, what can we put Eileen in? Because we, we owe her, we promised her she'd be in something. So it's going to happen, I promise. We want to work with you. We love you. You've been uh, one of our biggest supporters. Brantley well, just write it. adores I mean, you. Just write it. As long as you're writing it. Brantley, write. <laughs> Brantley, get on it. I'm going to yell at him for you. I'm yelling at him I'm going to give you a pitch. Listen, all you people out there listening to this, um, go check out these, these, these films because they're wonderful. And I know, Michael, you've won a bunch of awards, huh? I've been very lucky. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's so funny is um, I was really nervous the day before shooting Soundbite our first film because I had two people that told me they didn't think I could direct. And <laughs> I was like terrified. It was actually, I think a week or two before. And I was terrified because we had so much writing on soundbite because it was launching horror house. And we eventually want to adapt that into a feature. And so I was mortified. I couldn't sleep the night before. I was like, this movie is going to be Who horrible. Who the hell told you that you couldn't direct? Uh, just a couple of people that I, 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 they weren't like, you're the worst horrible director, but what one person was just like, your style we don't really like. And the other person was just like, I feel like you have potential, but you're not getting, like it was the weirdest, like the way they said it. And I was like, wow, that's, and what's strange is I, I mean, soundbite is probably like my 10th movie. It's not like I've never done it before. It's weird. You gave these two people that much power. Well, I, and that's, yeah, that's that. But, but what's interesting is soundbite came back so good and it just won four awards in February. I so I'm like, yeah, I don't listen to people anymore. <laughs> Yeah. So, ha ha ha! Did you tell these people? No, but they do follow me on Facebook, and they have seen it. I, you know what? I didn't want to give it power then, and I don't want to follow up with them and be like, "It's I don't That's really right. care." Well, for me, when when I was growing up and wanting to be an actress and all that, people who said no was my biggest motivator. Yeah. When people tell you know, me no, I just find a different way that. to say yes. Pardon? I said when people tell me no, I just find a different way to say yes. Yeah, very well put, Michael. Because when I was growing up and everybody said, oh, you're too small to be an actress. You're not pretty enough. You're not sexy enough. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. So I just didn't tell anybody because, um, you know, who needs that kind of negativity? It's exhausting. It's my little secret. Well, the the thing is, like, you look at somebody like Meryl Streep and she's not considered conventionally beautiful, but she's one of the most... You know, she she works all the who? time, and she's she went. You know, she just walks on set, and they just give her an Oscar. She doesn't even have who? to. Who? Meryl Streep. Wow, that is true. You know, they're like Miss. They're oh. like Meryl Streep. We want to hire you for this movie, 
Um, and she says yes, and they just she walks on set, and the first day they hand her an Oscar because she's so good. Oh, I know. That's what I. That's what I. That's how I feel like Meryl Streep's life is. You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, we'll be there someday. Pardon? I said we will be there someday. Oh yeah. Where we I'm, just you know wake our, up and my life is re- for some reason my life is really slow right now. I got three films that I was supposed to do. One of them they actually cast someone else, and I don't know why, except. Because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. She's younger. No, she's a really nice lady. I know her in the horror market. Mm. But um, I I don't know why. He never gave me a reason. Sent me the script. Blah, blah, blah. Said, we want you. Then all of a sudden turned around and said, no, we're using so-and-so. So weird. And the other two, I was supposed to shoot a movie the end of this month. And um, they just had all kinds of, which you understand, Michael, all kinds of logistical problems, apparently. So they pushed it. I hope it's a push. And then yeah, the other yeah. one just didn't have financing. But I had three films. And I was thinking, oh, how how am I going to manage to shoot three films? You right. know, how is this going to work out all early spring? And none of them worked out. This industry is like that. Yeah, I, there'd be times that I've even prepped. I prepped a, a movie one time, and we had location scouts and everything. And about four days were supposed to shoot. They pushed the movie back, and then they pushed the movie back, and then they just canceled it. It was Jesus. the strangest thing. I, it happened. Like you know, you you turn down other work, or, or you you know you change plans and everything because you're like, I'm gonna go be busy for the next yeah. month or three weeks, and then it's like, all of a sudden now you're busy because the movie gets pushed. Oh, I know. It's, it's the worst thing. And way back when, I was supposed to do a play called Aurora, which was an amazing part. It was two, just a two-people play. Okay. And um, then someone told me that that was being pushed, so I accepted something else, which was just bullshit. And then they shot um, Aurora without me. <laughs> That's not very so, nice. yeah, things like that happen. It's, yeah. it's really crushing. How about the other one? Where you suddenly get booked, or they want to book you for two shows on the same weekend. Yeah, why can't it ever? I know. I kind of wish. Like you, I have fifty-two fucking. Can I say that? Yes, I have, I have a mature rating. Fucking fine. weeks in the year, and these the these the, actually I went to Scotland um, in the same weekend. They offered me a film that was like three days work. Yeah. And I said, man, you know, there's fifty-two weeks in the year. Why? Why is it the same weekend? Right. But. Nothing you can do about it. It's no, like, and it, that's just how it is. It's like you're sitting around doing nothing, and then yeah, you're, it's like you know you're sitting here saying it's slow now, and then all of a sudden, like three weeks from now, you'll be like, I, I'm so busy right now. Like it's just it's it, the ebbs and flows of this industry are so strange in that sense. And unless you, you work really in the industry, now? what is it? Are you busy now? Um, I just got off a project. I have a few things coming up, but presently, I'm. That's why I'm able to record all these podcast episodes because I'm slow at the I- moment. I actually, strangely, was up for a job in Morocco, and I didn't get it. I was the only script supervisor that they didn't reach out to. uh, And the reason my excuse in my mind was the reason why they didn't reach out to me is they probably looked at my resume, and I was too qualified. Because they didn't I didn't wanna... know you could be too qualified to be a scripty. Does that mean that you're asking for too much money? No, I think they wanted to offer less money, and they, then they probably thought I would That's say... That's what I'm saying. They figured they could get somebody... Yeah. Less qualified for Is, less money. Isn't that weird? I know. Big mistake, as you know and I know. Yeah. It always bites them in the ass at the end. Yeah, because you, you spend more money in post production, but you know, whatever. So I just, hey, told, I, I just told. Supervisor is um, like 
the besides the director, of course, and yeah. the cinematographer, but the most important job on the set, because if your notes aren't accurate and they can't find the scene they want to edit with, then they're out of luck. They just got to keep going through the movie and finding the, the cuts, right? Yeah, it takes longer what they want. Not only and that, I but like the part of the I'm job gonna, is we track and make sure I'm that complimenting you be quiet. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> yes, ma'am. That also, cause oh, by the way, audience, that's where Michael and I met on this incredible epic film called pale horse, <laughs> which I've never seen. <laughs> if you notice sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. The, I love your sarcasm. That love it. Scripties that, you know, they, they don't even take lunch because they're, they're trying to catch up with what's going on in the morning and they don't have time to really be social except you were, but generally they don't have time to be social because they're just always working. Is that right? Yeah. Because we, we, because we do the job of like five or six other people, but we do it with one person. So, cause we track every department as, as well as logging all the shots. So yeah, it's a tough That's job. Right. You know, I mean, you guys, for tough people that job. out there again, that don't know, you guys are tracking props. So there's someone who doesn't remember um, if they were holding their handbag in the right hand or the left, yeah. then you have the notes and you can tell them. Yep. And, and I mean, obviously that's really important because it looks really dopey if um, props aren't right or art direction is not right, like you said. Well, I, or, I always tell people, I said, you know, you spend all this money creating this world. You, it's like you don't want anything to take you out of it. And things like that right. are, can be jarring and be like, uh, he had a different bag. Or I just think, you know, small things like that really make a difference. Yeah, I don't think even producers understand. No, they don't um, care. Like other crew members. Like prop people don't get any credit at all unless they do something wrong. Well, yeah, and that's what I tell people. I go, when it comes to scripturizing, unless you have a really, really good one or a really, really bad one, it's really, you really pay attention. Yeah, and you're just there, right? Yeah. And half the time- anyway, so that's why you're directing. I, and I know you have some other like feature projects. Um, oh, yeah. That you want to I'm interviewing you instead of you interviewing me. That's okay. You know, I, that happens on the show all the time. That's why I like, I like the organicity of it because my audience gets to know me as well as get to know you. And because we're, you and I are friends. So we have this history that I think that the audience gets to see. Well, we're not going to be friends unless you put me in one of your shorts. Oh, my God. Did you hear what she just said? <laughs> She's bribing our friendship. <laughs> but what if, I put you on a, what if I put you in a feature? That, well, it takes longer. You got the money for the feature yet? No, but, it'll, but it doesn't mean it won't happen. You never know. <laughs> well, you promised me that before. I know. It's going to happen. I, I like mean, that film. It's called well, Eden Falls. Eden Falls. They're all, Eden Falls. I'm, it's all, stuff's happening. No, I believe that. It, I know it takes time, and but I was because I want to work with you so bad. We're definitely doing a short. I've Brantley feels so bad. He's like every time we do something, and I go, Eileen just messaged me. And he goes, I know we have to do something for, her. and he has so many ideas. So we are reaching out. It just got a little little slow this year because um, I, I like to do things right, so I don't want to rush into anything because mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want the. That, I think that's what makes these movies so good is I just don't rush into them. I'd rather take an extra month and make sure they turn out good. If that makes sense? Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. And I think I think that you're absolutely right. Uh, people do rush projects and um yeah. it's never a good idea. But um um Brantley, by the way, audience, that's his writing partner and yes. um producing partner. He said something great was happening on Facebook. Are you gonna divulge that secret or do we have to all wait? We're probably gonna have to wait because I have to figure out what he's talking about. 
<laughs> something great is happening. I mean, I mean, stuff is always happening. We're always moving forward. We also have um, some big plans we're doing with Horror House as well. So I don't know. He could be messaging that. He he's just being vague today. So um, some of it I can't divulge, but some of it I can. So it. Okay. But there is some. Well, listen, it's getting up to be twenty five minutes. Can I do a pitch for my book? Yes, please do. I would love for you to pitch your book because we we'll also put a link to where people can buy it. Okay, uh, you read it, right? I have not read it yet. I do need to read it. Did I give you a copy yet? No, ma'am. Uh-oh, we'll have to get together for lunch. I would love that, just to catch up with you and read it, but, cause, but give us your pitch about it, because I have seen okay, it. Okay, guys, it's called Exercising My Demons. Love it. It should be called The Exorcist, but it's not. <laughs> Big mistake. Exercising My Demons. That's so funny, and, um, The first third of the book is about... Um, it's really about dreams and well, not the first third, first opening is kind of about dreams and what you want to do with your life. And if you want it, go get it. And like I said, don't let any negativity stop you ever. And it doesn't have to be with me. Of course, it was being an actress since I was seven years old, but it can be anything. It can be, you know, a, a wardrobe shop you want to open or a candy store or even just being a mom. Whatever you want to do, don't let anybody dissuade you from it. And then it's about support because it's my feeling that all the mistakes in the world, crazy mistakes in the world that are made by um, actors and everybody else is and me is because you don't have that person, that one person that says, no, don't do that. That's ridiculous. Or even that poor actor from Empire. Didn't he have anybody to say, hey, don't. <laughs> no, yeah, like, don't. Stop. That's probably not the best thing for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't but have I an agent or a manager who didn't sit down with him I and mean, be like. It's true with a lot of people and certainly athletes, too, who go crazy and spend all their money. And I know when I came to New York, uh, L.A. from New York City, from The Exorcist, somebody should have told me no. But there was nobody in my life. Anyway, so that's the opening of the book. about dreams it. and support. And then it goes into, you know, how I became an actor. And uh, it, the book was actually written by a, a wonderful guy named uh, Dan forgot his last name dan i'll find it out good old dan um, and i want to say laughing but that's not his last name um and it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry because the adventures i had those are two uh, of my with, favorite emotions oh some of them would be great for the me too um movement i'll tell you oh. being a young actress in new york um but anyway some of them make you really laugh and some of the stories make you really cry um, like when I went to Michigan and I told everybody I was going to be a star and do all these plays and whatnot. And it turned out he just wanted to fuck me. Oh, shit. And sent me home in a little while and a, <laughs> a little while, but as Dan put it, uh, what was I going to tell everybody in New York? I was going to be the star. And I looked down to my hand and I had my equity card. I was a professional actress and that's how he wrote the thing. And the stories are great. And then we go into, how I got the job in The Exorcist, which is fascinating, uh, I must say, and what That's the awesome. audition was like and the screen test was like. And the screen test was very, very funny because they brought out this uh, crucifix that was made out of paper mache. And it was like one foot by three feet. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So the the book goes into that the first day on the set. And what I really am uh, going up to Dick Smith, you know, the godfather of makeup, going up to his studio. Um, and, um, 
uh, I wanted to write about funny stuff because everybody knows about uh, the scary stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. Was there a fire? Did people die? Um, so I wrote a lot of funny stuff in the book. And the best way for you to get it, uh, best way is um, to go on Facebook and send me a personal message. Okay. And I'll tell you all the details and stuff like that. Or, and then pay me on PayPal and then you'll get an autographed copy. Ooh, even better. Look at that. Autographed copy. Yeah. And I, I guarantee you love the book. It's almost a money back uh, guarantee. Look at that. Well, thank At least you. that's what everybody says. I haven't any, uh, anybody say, oh, this book is nonsense. Everybody just loves it. And, and? because I have time on my hands, um, I'm going to make an audio book. I'm finding out how to do it. That's awesome. Good yeah. for you. You just go sit in your bathroom with a mic. And, I mean, basically, um, that's how I did the podcast. And then send it to my um, my publisher in um, uh, Connecticut. And they just they just make it happen. That, that's really awesome. I'm happy for you. Oh, well, now I just got to do it. But a friend of mine is coming over on Tuesday. Um, another friend is lending me a mic, and my friend's coming over on Tuesday to show me how to do it. Well, you have to keep me posted on how it goes, and then we'll let the audience know when that's available. I absolutely will. Awesome. Well, you're the best. I want to say thank you so much for being on my show, and we'll put links to everything. That was a really quick 25 minutes. Good Lord. Now I got to get going. Yeah, okay, no, Michael. No, I put time, and... um. Just for the audience, you can find the, the podcast Mimosas with Michael um, at mimosaswithmichael.com. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We're also on iHeartRadio and Spotify. And Wednesdays at 2.30. Um, no, I'm sorry. It's Wednesdays at 4.30 Central Time. We're on comingupnext.org. Okay. So Sounds thank- good to me. And you can always get the best way to get me is just on Facebook under Eileen D. That's and, true. She's very active um, on Facebook. got 5,000 friends. But, Look at that. You know, I keep trying to delete some. So if any of you out there want to be a friend, do it quick. So <laughs> Now's your chance. <laughs> All right, Eileen. Have a great day, okay? We'll, we'll get together soon and, and we'll talk and catch up. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye.